2: is on the daily sports talk show. Nuwana is now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuatas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX, Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuatas happy to be with you here on your Thursday. Ton to get to today, so we better get to it, even though it is uh, raining, drizzling, and cold here in western Montana. And it's still snowing on the other side of the Continental Divide. They had a whole bunch more snow in Bozeman uh, today. It is the opening of Major League Baseball today. Opening day, so we got plenty of uh, MLB coverage for you. Sean Rainey will complete his division-by-division breakdown. We had him on on Tuesday and Wednesday. SWX Montana Sports Director will join us about 4.45 today to talk AL and NL Central uh, to complete our division-by-division conversations. Andrew and Jeff have plenty to talk about as well when it comes to Major League Baseball and maybe a little insight even to the Missoula Paddleheads as, as well. From Jeff Safford's perspective, that's at the top of the second hour. Then we have Matt Devlin from the Montana Fly Fishing Film Festival in studio uh, with us about 5.30. Matt stopped by before. This is an annual event and a cool event. And uh, so we'll talk about it. Give you the who, what, when, where, why. Uh, But first hour here, before all the baseball, we're going to keep on talking basketball. So uh, our good buddy, Colby Dant from the College Basketball Experience Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He has joined us the last couple weeks. He'll join us one last time to help break down and preview this Final Four that uh, is upcoming on Saturday. And then 4.30, we have one of our recently anointed Vertical Rays Class A Boys Basketball Player of the Year, Royce Robinson, will join us of the Fergus County Golden Eagles. That's Lewistown. Us here at ESPN Radio, as well as uh, Vertical Rays, we partnered together to come up with these cool, fun awards for for the kids. And uh, we gave them out on Tuesday. So now we'll have an interview series about some of these young people uh, over the next couple weeks. For those that missed uh, the announcement, Royce Robinson of Lewistown, is our Class A Boys Player of the Year. Yolanda Miller of Haver is our Class A Girls Player of the Year. Connor Dick and Alex Colville, each seniors at Missoula Hellgate, they were our Double-A Boys and Girls Basketball Players of the Year, respectively. So Royce Robinson, one of our recent award winners, he'll join us about 4.30. So hoops, hoops, baseball, baseball, and fishing. Sounds like a pretty fun show to me. Uh, that's what's coming up here on New Otis Now. You want to stream the show? You always can on our station website, uh, 1029ESPN.com, or you can always stream us on our ESPN MT app as well. No matter how you tune in, we appreciate you for being here. And if you want to be a part of the show, you always can. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Uh, you can call us or text us at any time. The final four... Uh, comes to a head on Saturday. And the narrative surrounding this NCAA tournament coming into it was that it was as wide open of a tournament as we have ever seen. And uh, then, at least on the surface level, as we now sit here entering the Final Four, it has been an unbelievably wide open tournament to this point. And that's evidence in the fact that you have three first-time Final Four qualifiers in this field, Florida Atlantic San Diego State, and Miami all into the Final Four for the first time. And then you also have UConn uh, amongst the Final Four teams as well. Uh, There's some nuance to it. I do think that the the seeding certainly was uh, up for debate coming into the tournament. So maybe it's not quite as big of underdogs as some of these teams seem like. But still, it is a historic moment. It's the first Final Four in history that has no number one seats, And it's the first Final Four in history where there's three first time qualifiers. We go to the Reckers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome to a guy who's an expert in all this. He's the host of the College Basketball Experience podcast as well as uh, a member of the sports gambling podcast network. It's Colby Dant back for the third week in a row here on Nuana's. Now, Colby, what's up my man? How you living? Living good. Just waiting
2: for these games. Uh, you know, it's been we've been on such a roll with basketball. This week's taken forever now.
0: I know, right? It's like, what's going on? We don't have any Thursday games. There's nothing to take a long lunch for, skip work for. Nope, it's just uh, waited out till Saturday. Where are you in the world? Are you back in L.A. or are you in Vegas?
2: I am back in Los
0: Angeles, uh, which has been getting
2: a ton ton of rain. It's like we're in Seattle, I feel like, this year.
0: Well, uh, nobody around here can uh, listen to your complaints because it's been snowing still in Montana. So you guys got it going okay. It's been raining here in Missoula today, though. So I appreciate you carving out some time for us. Uh, first of all, let's talk about just like the broad, qu- the, the broadest question about this this Final Four. There's been all sorts of debate uh, to get to this point uh, just about the, the upsets and the underdogs and the, uh, the blue bloods or lack thereof. Objectively, what's happened over the last couple of weeks? Is it good or bad for college basketball? I think
2: it's a little bit of both. I mean, uh, personally, I think it's good, but I also watch college basketball every single night of the season. <laughs> right. If you're the lay fan, you know, if if you're if you're CBS or Turner Sports, you probably wanted bigger names. But uh, I, I personally think the health of the sports has never been healthier, and I've made this uh, statement, you know, as as someone that grew up in the '90s and late '80s watching college basketball. People back, oh, people that now say, you know, or, or over the past five, ten years have said, you know, I wish it was back then. Well, back then you had parody, but it was amongst the blue bloods. Right. I like it the way it is now, where, where you know, anyone has a shot and you get, you hire yourself a good basketball coach, you got some good scouting, you can bring in transfers. I mean, heck, Fairleigh Dickinson had half their roster. I feel like we're Division II transfers. Right. So I mean, I like the way it is now. I think it's the healthiest the sport's ever been, at least in my lifetime. So I think it's great for the sport. Uh, I can't wait to watch Saturday. I don't care about the TV ratings because, to me, uh, I I, you know I am a hardcore college basketball fan. If the if the If the average
0: fan's never heard of Florida Atlantic, that's not my problem. Amen to that. It also is just intriguing because you can just find out so much so quickly about these schools. And, you know, I think that's the most interesting part is you and I, when we talked uh, before this tournament ever, ever began, you were high on Florida Atlantic and you were high on uh, Conference USA and you thought maybe Florida Atlantic deserved better than a nine seed. So uh, it's their nine seed status has played up their underdog status, so to speak. Uh, But this team is still so quality. So, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how surprised are you that they've gotten to this point?
2: I mean, I guess a little bit, but they've been a good team. They're not a gimmick. Like, okay, you know, every once in a while in March, you'll see, and no disrespect to these teams, but you've seen teams make the Final Four that barely got in the NCAA tournament. I mean, even last year, North Carolina's team that played for the national championship barely got in the NCAA tournament. They had to win out in February, pretty much. And uh, Fort Atlantic's been dominant all year. They've been dominant. And look, look at the Conference USA. If you follow... The NIT or the CBI, which are the other postseason tournaments, uh, they're a combined seventeen and one in uh, postseason tournaments uh, right now. The NIT plays tonight between North Texas and UAB, who were the second and third place teams in the Conference USA. So they play on each other. Uh, so we're going to have a winner there, and then in the CBI tournament, which was in Daytona Beach. The Charlotte 49ers already won that thing. This conference was legit, and so I'm not shocked at, at how far they've come along, you know, uh, but they were misseated completely, and I, I, I think they, they've proven their point as a conference that they should have had at least two or three teams in.
0: Colby Dant joining us. The College Basketball Experience is his podcast. as part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That, that's sort of the story of, I think you could even say that about all four teams. I know San Diego State... It's hard, if not impossible, to get seeded higher than a five seed out of the Mountain West, and maybe that'll change now because this is the deepest run a Mountain West team has ever made. Miami ACC, I mean, you can't say there's any anti-ACC bias because most people would actually argue it's the other way around, but UConn, a lot of people thought maybe they could be a notch or two higher as well. So, I mean, how much of that plays into where these teams are at? Or I guess in, in your mind, what are the big factors in the fact that we do have sort of this unorthodox Final Four coming at us tomorrow?
2: Yeah, well, I do think, like, all of them can make a case of being misseeded, but I think we're so stagnant in our ability to change. I think, you know, the committee keeps putting in a ton of Big Ten teams. And, look, the Big Ten still a still a decent conference, but they've obviously had their postseason struggles. But they're used to this old model that, oh, this, they have to be a, a power program. They have to be in those, uh, you know, they're going to go by analytics that basically favor the power programs. Um and I, I think it's a pretty historic model. Uh, so I think that that all of those teams, all the teams really in the Final Four, even the Big East, because they're not known as like "quote unquote," uh, you know, a, a, they're not the old Big East that had Syracuse and 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 everyone else pit in there. So I, I think they all got misseeded. I think that's fair to say. Um, and, you know, I think they all have carried a good chip on their shoulder. I mean, San Diego State has the other thing of that. They were 30-2 and, and two in the COVID year, uh, and and they were going to get a one seed. And, you know, I feel like a lot of that roster probably carries a chip on their shoulder from then. Last year they made the tournament, and they had Creighton beat in the first round, and they missed free throws down the stretch. So it's been a long time coming for the Aztecs. Uh, you know, we're out here in Los Angeles, so... We've had the opportunity over the past decade to come to go down to San Diego and check them out live, and they've been a good program, a, a legit good program, like a top twenty-five college basketball program over the past decade, really. Uh, so I'm not surprised at all. And then UConn, UConn, Dan Hurley just wrote, you know got that program back on track. Even though I have my questions, uh, you know, in coaching philosophies at times, uh, he definitely brought the talent back to what UConn is used to. Uh, but, you know, they were the number one team ranked, you know, it, in a lot of December. So uh, I, I think, and if you look at Ken, even Ken Palm's uh, analytics, I think all every single team charts in, I think, the top 25. So not at all surprised, and I think all of them do have a legit chip on their shoulder uh, as far as, 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 you know, being disrespected.
0: No, it's now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. All right, let's talk about the way these teams got here then and just break down each one of these matchups. The final four games, by the way, Saturday, 4.09 tip and 6.49 tip. So um, late afternoon into the evening. San Diego State, they got here by beating Creighton in the uh, Elite Eight. It was a slugfest. It was a battle. It was not actually that appealing of a game. It was a very competitive game, very hard-played, hard-fought game, but uh, not great shooting and a lot of physicality and then a little bit of controversy uh, at the end. Kansas State uh, goes down to Florida Atlantic 79-76, so that's how FAU advanced in. But Kansas State was a team a lot of people around Montana had their eyes on after they were the first-round opponent. Of Montana State, the Big Sky Conference champions, Miami uh, rallied past Texas, and uh, it was a great win by Miami and also a bad loss by Texas. Both those things could be true, but Texas was in control of that game, and then they completely and utterly let it slip away. And then Connecticut, they completely blew the doors off of Gonzaga to get into the Final Four, and UConn looked like uh, a team that absolutely has top-notch talent and also uh, a top-notch killer instinct. So let's start just with the SDSU Creighton game. I mean, what would you think of that game, Colby? And uh, also, uh, what do you think of just the, the Aztecs' ability to win like they have in this tournament? I guess it's just me being maybe uh, stereotypical, but I didn't expect a San Diego State team to be you know, rough and tumble and one of the most physical teams in the in the field, but that's exactly what they've been, and that's how they've gotten to this point.
2: Yeah, and, and, and you know that's kind of been their mo for a while back. Even when they had Kawhi Leonard, um, they, so I, I think you know I was not surprised at all that they beat Creighton. I actually kind of figured that would that would happen, but you know uh, obviously that call at the at the end helped them. And I, I probably would be uh, you know I think that was a bad call, but um, that that's their style of game. I, I think I read the stat that they uh, they've held every single team they've played in the NCAA tournament to uh, at least, I think, almost 18 points less than their season average, which is remarkable because Creighton is a very, very good offensive team, among, among the best in college basketball when everyone's healthy. And uh, that's a credit to San Diego State. They go about 10 deep on that bench. They can rotate guys. in. Oh, you're in foul trouble, next guy up, and they're super athletic. They can rebound. They, they defend at, uh, at just the highest level. I've heard Brian Dutcher's recruiting pitch before, the head coach, Brian Dutcher. He says, if you, if you can't play defense, we don't want you. We don't want you. And, and he'll tell you that. Sometimes that's not the most appealing to a guy that can score 30 points a game or something. But that's their MO, and that's what got them here. And I, I think you're going to see a similar you know, game against Florida Atlantic where it's going to be a rock fight. Fort Atlantic also plays great defense, and I think I think just that game is going to be just a slugfest. So it might not be the most appealing for the TV execs, but buckle up because it will probably be in the high fifties, early sixties.
0: <laughs> no doubt, well, Fort Atlantic—they uh, did such a good job of weathering the storm and then outlasting Kansas State. And I couldn't believe the way that that game came down to the end against K-State because Marquise Noel had been the the star of the entire tournament. And then he had an opportunity to have the ball in his hands at the end, and then he got rid of the ball and he could tell he wanted it back, and then his teammate turned it over. That guy that turned it over, by the way, has since then entered the NCAA transfer portal. I don't think those two things are connected. I think it is coincidental. But either way, uh, it was sort of sad to see the K-State run end, Kobe, just because Noel had been such a great star, but it was also cool to see Florida Atlantic moving on. So, I mean, what has been the special sauce for this FAU team? What have been the key factors to them getting into this Final Four?
2: I mean, they're a great defensive team, too. And, yes, that game was fantastic. And it was it was bittersweet because you kind of wanted to see both teams win. I think everyone loved the Noel story and, and Kansas State and Jerome Tang. And, you know, unfortunately, Noel's, eligibility, you know, is gone, so we won't see him again. But we're excited to see uh, Jerome Tang and K-State and that program move forward. But, but Florida Atlantic's been a great story all year. And that's what I mean is there's no, there's no gimmick in them. There's no gimmick. They've played this way the whole year. They got, they play, they're a top-20 defense. They're a top-20 offense. And uh, as we're seeing, the Conference USA has, has, has been more legit than what the, uh, the quote-unquote experts have thought. Uh, or the committee has thought. Uh, they also uh, rebound at a great... They're 12th in the nation at rebounding, which is astonishing considering the fact that they got the big Russian center, but besides that, they kind of play a little bit of small ball. So right. they just get after it. Uh, really a blue-collar mentality that, that, that they've built down there in Boca Raton. So I think that's really been a lot of their M.O. They also shoot the three really well, and obviously yeah. that that always, uh, you know, as, as the game of basketball evolves, has become such a bigger factor uh, year by year. So I would say those things combined, and it's surprising, they only have, a, in their real rotation, they only really have one upperclassman. So they have guys that have been with the program, they, whether they took advantage of the COVID eligibility or redshirted, they've been there a couple of years, but technically, they only have one true
0: upperclassman, which is fascinating. It is fun to watch him play, too. I'm a big NBA guy. Actually, gravitate to the NBA more than college hoops, except for this time of year. I love college hoops this time of year. But the way that Fort Atlantic plays is actually more of an NBA style, because they do have the big center in Vlad Golden, but he's also sort of a... He's not necessarily a stretch, you know, he can shoot it, but he is a stretch in his ability to sort of step out and guard on the perimeter. And uh, then they play a whole bunch of guards that can get up and down and shoot it, and it's fast-paced and uh, certainly uh, fun to watch. Colby Dant joining us here on Nuanas Now. He is the host of the College Basketball Experience podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's been kind enough to join us once a week for the last couple weeks, and now here we are with the tournament winding down, or I guess cranking up in this sense, uh, into the Final Four. Uh, How about Miami then? Because Miami, uh, Jim Laranega's had uh, great success at Miami since he came over from George Mason, especially these last couple years. Uh, They have one of the great acquisitions uh, during this NIL era in Nigel Pack, and that's playing out. I mean, he scored 26 points last week, and I think if you were talking about the exposure, it's going to garner your school to get to the Final Four. Uh, Eight hundred thousand dollars seems like a pretty good investment. That's what Nigel Pack got in an nil deal that was helped broker by a, a Miami booster. Uh, but where are we at with with the Hurricanes? What'd you think of that comeback against Texas to get to this point?
2: Well, I mean, I was I was on Texas, but I I will uh, I will gladly uh, accept me losing money to see Texas fans in misery. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry if you're a Texas fan. I just enjoy it. I enjoy it. Uh, you know, as a, as really been, you know, Texas has kind of been the catalyst of all this realignment. So to see them, uh, you know, not win a championship, uh, I will gladly uh, fork over a few bucks. But, um, Jimmy Larinaga's is just an amazing coach, man. And they've, they've shut me up. I, I wasn't as high on Miami as, uh, as other people, you know, I thought they were going to lose to Drake in the opening round and Drake had them beat really for, almost the whole game. And uh, Miami, much like the Texas game, they, uh, they, they battled back. Uh, I thought Jim Larenaga, especially if you go back to that Drake game, what he did was he went to a full-court press at the right time, and that got him out of that game. And that's just a perfect example of the in-game adjustments and what Jim Larenaga can do and why he, I, he's criminally underrated as a college basketball coach. Uh, you know, I saw I saw some publication put out uh, the Sweet 16 coaches, and they had him ranked 12th, and I was a bit dumbfounded. But this guy's—he's he, a legit coach, whether they're paying the players or not. Because let's be honest, okay, you're paying you're paying Nigel Pack, and they're also paying Isaiah Wong, uh, you know, NIL money. But college basketball—I mean, the last you know 20 national championships, maybe 30 national championships, for the most part. Have been for bought and paid by players. It was just not legal then. Now it's legal, <laughs> and people are having problems with it. I, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, and and you're seeing the benefits of you know a team that's not traditionally a college basketball power have a booster to say hey let's become a power. And Jim Larinaga I think is the right coach for that. Uh, it's been a great story though. The guard play for Miami has been fantastic. Um, and as you saw with Texas getting up big. Uh, they, they, they were poised. They said, Hey, you know, a couple, a a great timeout. I thought by Leranega, they did some, some uh, different things defensively that I thought, uh, helped, you know, get some momentum for, for the hurricanes and they never looked back. So they've beaten Houston, they've beaten Indiana, they've beaten all these teams. And at some point we got to start buying in. And I think, I think I've reached my point on buying in, uh, and and I think uh, UConn fans, I know the, the they're clearly on the public side of all that money. Uh, I think UConn going to get more of a game this time that that they've been blowing out everybody. And credit to Dan Hurley and the Huskies, but I think this is going to be more of a game than those other blowouts because I think uh, you know this Miami team just is battle tested, and I think they're going to be able to uh, to really maybe pose a couple problems with their guard play. You look at UConn's losses throughout the year. They've kind of lost the teams with elite guard play. That's exactly what the Miami Hurricanes have, despite them being a rather small ball type of team.
0: Well, let's talk about the Huskies then, because this has been a common point of conversation around here. The fact that UConn Despite all of their unbelievable success, they're now in their sixth Final Four since 1999, and only Michigan State has been to the Final Four more times in that time span. That's the same number of Final Fours as, I believe, Kansas and North Carolina and Duke. So they are right there with the Blue Bloods. Yet it doesn't seem like they get the credit for being right there with the Blue Bloods. Uh, But it's going to be undeniable if they can, uh, I mean, they're already into their sixth Final Four. But if they get their fifth national championship in the last 24 years, uh, that's pretty much uh, on par with everybody in the nation. So why do you think it is that it seems like UConn isn't quite in that same breath as the Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, UCLA's, uh, even though they have had as much if not more success than almost everybody in the country over the last 25 years?
2: Yeah, I mean I'm a bit perplexed by that too. People saying there's no blue bloods, it's like, well, you UConn's definitely a blue blood in <laughs> totally. my mind. I, I think some of that is Yeah, I think some of it is pre nineteen ninety Yukon was not was, was nothing really. Right. You know, maybe pre nineteen eighty eight they were nothing. Sure. Um and maybe that's got a little bit to it, but I, I consider them a blue blood. I also think maybe the fact that they left the Big East, went to the AAC, actually won a national championship while they were in the AAC with Kevin Olley. But I think that's maybe some of the stigma or stereotype was they went to a mid-major conference, but yet mm-hmm. I mean they still won a national championship. So, um, uh, but this team, uh, you know, Dan Dan Hurley's got this team going, and uh, he brought in big-time talent. Obviously, the Big Suno's been a force for the past two years of college basketball. Uh, Hawkins is—I mean, when that guy's on, he can shoot from half court. Uh, they got uh, Tristan Newton out of the portal from East Carolina that I thought was a huge, huge get for that for him or for them. Uh, and they've been a great story all year. I, I think what makes this matchup though so compelling is, you know, the they, UConn has done what they've done, and credit to them—they're blowing out everybody, but. You know, you look at the teams they played. Iona actually was beating them at halftime. And then uh, UConn, ever since that, half hell of a halftime speech must have been. Because ever since then, uh, they've been rolling. But, uh, but the, I also think they've also played teams with bad guard play. Uh, you, Gonzaga's flaw, in my opinion, over the past two years, really, ever since Suggs left, has been, they haven't been very good at the guard position. Um, you look... They almost, had they played UCLA, I think that would have been a tougher matchup. Um, And then you you look at Arkansas. Arkansas guard play was was kind of all over the place this year. I think this is going to be a different game because of the guard play of Miami. Now, at the same time, Miami's got to make sure they they can rebound some. Just because UConn's such a big team, I think the rebounding is the key for the Huskies winning that game. Uh, but I also think Miami will have will have an, a uh, you know be able to to stress their guards, and I think when you stress their guards, that's how you beat the UConn Huskies. But I'm fascinated by that matchup, and and Dan Hurley, you know, I was a, I questioned his uh, postseason coaching when he was at Rhode Island. I questioned it with his first couple of years at UConn, but he's he's definitely. Uh, you know, making us look like a fool for anyone that's questioned him because he's doing a, a, a damn good job this year, and uh, and credit credit to the UConn Huskies because they they deserve to be here. They've blown everybody out, and and I feel like everyone thinks they're going to walk away with the title. I, I I wouldn't go there yet because I think I think the the remaining teams could cause some some problems for them. But I'm fascinated to watch it.
0: Kobe Dant, his podcast, the College Basketball Experience part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. All right, then last thing for you, man, the, uh, the matchups are set. So who do you got going to the national championship on Monday?
2: I'm going to go, I think, San Diego State's experience. San Diego State reminds me of, you know, in, in a little bit of a way, of Memphis. Memphis was super experienced. Memphis should have beat Florida Atlantic when you really look at it. it had a one-point lead, 10 seconds left and the ball. I don't know if you want to say should have be, but it it seemed like their odds were in their favor at that point. But um, I think San Diego State's super experienced like Memphis. I also think they're more disciplined and they're a better defensive team. I think San Diego State gets in. I mean, I expect that to be a one-possession game, though. I expect that to come down. Two minutes left, everyone's going to be on the edge of their seats. But I think the Aztecs uh, get themselves to the NCAA uh, championship game Monday night. And on the other side of things, I actually think I think Miami's gonna pull the upset. I think everyone's uh-huh. crowning Yukon. Yeah. And I think Miami Miami's guard play is is going to be the reason why they at least cover the five and a half, but I think they can actually win that game out right. I think they can win that game out right. Uh, Jimmy Larinaga's coaching experience mixed with uh, mixed with That team's guard play and the fact uh, Norchad O'Meara at the big, he's got to stay out of foul trouble. But I think the Hurricanes can shock the world. I think they can. I think a lot of people think UConn's already won this thing. I think they have the team to give them a game. And, you know, another thing is UConn's been bad in close games. In close games, they've been bad. So if you can just get it down, keep it a, you know, two, four-point game in the final minutes, I think that favors the Miami Hurricanes. And uh, I think they pulled a big upset. So I got a Miami-San Diego State national championship. Do I feel great about it? No, because I feel like any of these four teams could win. Uh, I think both these games, I think, should come down to the, the final couple minutes of the game. Can't wait to watch it. And, uh, and yeah, I, I mean, what what a wild national. Can you imagine if it was Florida-Atlantic-Miami and the national
0: championship? <laughs> That's going to be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that would be great. He has been right way more than he's been wrong all tournament. So if you are so inclined, take the advice. But either way, we appreciate all the conversation and the analysis. It's Colby Dant from the College Basketball Experience. It's a podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Go check these guys out. They're doing great work. It's very fun to listen to. And to give them a little rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff, five stars as always. Colby, we appreciate it, man. And uh, I'll be in touch with you, but thanks so much for being here today.
2: Anytime,
0: appreciate it, and, uh, you know, uh, stay safe in all that snow. There you go. Kobe. Dant, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. They have a bunch of great stuff on there, so go check them out. Snow Out is Doubt, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We have one of our recent award winners coming up next. It's Royce Robinson, our Class A Boys Basketball Player of the Year. That interview... Coming at you next on 1029 ESPN Radio. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences. In somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm, because we know the players, we know the game, we can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschulte.com. Multilaw.com. It's new Is Now
2: on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
0: These guys behind the glass. I'm giving them a whole baseball segment in hour number two. And they've been clowning on me. They're ratting me out to Tommy. They're making fun of my Dave Matthews affinities. So guess what you get? You get a full playlist of Dave Matthews. That's what's happening around here today. If you don't like him, I just say you should have another go at it. You should just give it another review. I always say it. It's funny. I have several artists, actually a variety of artists that I, that I very much love. Dave Matthews Band being one of them. And I actually like truly despise about half of their music. Most of the time when there's really um, popular songs for for bands that I like more than just the popular stuff of, chances are I don't really like the popular songs. I like that with Bruce Springsteen, too, a little bit. I don't know. We're, we're digressing. You're here for the award-winning basketball conversations with the award-winning basketball players, so that's what we're doing next. Welcome back to Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio on SWX Montana television and on the ESPN MT app. If you were tuning in on Tuesday, we made our announcements. We've been talking about this all year long, but we partnered with the awesome fundraising platform known as Vertical Raise. It's an awesome company that's helping high school sports across Montana and across the entire country by helping them raise money in a variety of ways. And uh, we partnered with Vertical Raise for our players of the year where we, we uh, did a whole bunch of calls and research and and pulled people from around the wide world of high school basketball in the state of Montana. And we came up with awards for Class AA and Class A Boys and Girls Basketball Players of the Year. Our award winners for AA, Connor Dick of Missoula Hellgate, the state champions at the AA level. And Alex Colville, who also hails for Missoula Hellgate, the Washington State-bound senior. She was our Girls AA Player of the Year. Our girls' A player of the year, Yelena Miller, after rallying the second half of her senior season uh, from a bad injury to come back and lead. It since she came back, Hammer was undefeated uh, all the way to the state championship after Miller's return, and they win their third straight state title. She was a key member of all three of those state title teams. And then our Class A, boys basketball player of the year is the young man who joins us next he's a senior at fergus county high school that's in lewistown montana it's royce robinson royce thanks for for joining us man how you doing Doing good.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Of course, man. First of all, congratulations. I, I know that we are uh, in the on the radio Western Montana here, so uh, you maybe didn't even know this was coming down the pipe until we made the announcement, but uh, we are trying to spread the word and, and spread everything out as much as we can around the state of Montana. But congratulations on a great senior year. So let's start there. Let's start with uh, this most recent run you guys had through uh, the state tournament. D- just take us through it because you guys were uh, a contender, undefeated all year long. But well, going into the state tournament undefeated, that comes with a lot of pressure, right? So uh, what was kind of your mindset and the mindset of the team going into the state championship?
1: Um, well, obviously the storyline all year was if we we're going to have a rematch again with Butte Central and everyone ate that up. And uh, we tried to ignore that as much as we could and just focus on what's at hand. And uh, so going into the state tournament, we just had to take it one game at a time. And uh, we came out. With a tough first half against Hamilton, and then from there we kind of rolled and until the state championship game. And against Dillon, they played tough and uh, but well, we got her done. So, um, yeah, I mean, the pressure obviously builds from the undefeated season in our junior year. We lost one game, and everyone on the top was, well, that's a great thing because now the pressure's off, we can lose, and we'll be ready to go for tournament. So, uh, that was kind of different but then the run we made at the state tournament we, everything just came together and we got it done we didn't get a rematch with Beach Central like we may have wanted but championship either way
0: championship either way and taking down one of the great uh, programs in all of class A in Dillon is, is obviously a huge accomplishment as well but you mentioned the way that your junior year ended and uh, that state tournament was here in Missoula and it was certainly a uh, unbelievable ending but I'm sure for you guys a heartbreaking ending as well. So how much do you think that just set the stage then uh, for running it back this year? I mean, how how heartbreaking was it to lose in that fashion on a walk-off buzzer beater to Butte Central? But then how much did that motivate you coming into your senior year?
1: Yeah, that was obviously extremely heartbreaking and we we couldn't believe it for months and uh we all felt so bad for those seniors to not get another chance, but right away the guys coming back knew we knew we had another good chance and uh I think like two weeks after that game, uh, I was talking with my athletic director and he said, we scheduled our first game of the season was going to be against future central again. We had the chance to get some revenge. And, uh, so we came out and we beat them by 13 points. And then we kind of joke around and we called our season, the revenge Tour a little bit. And I can't tell you how many times just in little interviews after the games, reporters would ask me, how does it feel to try and come back after that loss and whatever? And, uh, so obviously, there's added motivation there, but we tried to ignore it and uh, just keep focused on getting better each day because looking ahead like that wasn't was never going to help us in the long run. So,
0: Rush Robinson joining us here on Nuana's Now, he is our vertical raise and ESPN MT Class A Boys Basketball Player of the Year after leading. Lewistown, That's Fergus County Golden High School. Uh, Golden Eagles. Excuse me, Fergus County High School. We're uh, leading the Golden Eagles to an undefeated run uh, through Class A, culminating in a state championship victory over Dylan uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. What What is it about this group, Royce, that, that has uh, caused you guys to have so much success? Because it's not just this year, but like you said, last year, you guys were the runner-up in Class A and it had an unbelievable season as well. Uh, you sandwich in there, I'm sure there's plenty of guys that were crossovers on the football team that went undefeated as well. I, I mean, it's been 15, 16 years since there was a, a high school of any sort in Montana that went undefeated in football and basketball in the same year, and you guys just did that. So, uh, what's going on in Lewistown? I mean, why you guys had so much success lately? What about this group has made you guys such uh, great winners? Well, I,
1: I can't really think of one of the guys on the, either a football or basketball team that hasn't been around since we were five years old, so... We all grew up together, played every sport together, and um, we didn't have the biggest expectations coming into high school. Nobody thought this would happen, obviously, and uh, so we just realized that uh, to be winners, we had to work hard. And we had some great coaches come in and help us out. Great parents taught us the way to win, and I think that's all that can be said. Is just a great group of guys who had some natural blessings athletically and. You put it all together, and we're pretty hard to stop.
0: You mentioned you guys a great state tournament run, too, and I always think that the, sort of the 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 competition between the East and the West in class, A in all sports is, is always fascinating. And you guys ran through the East to, to get the top seed going in the state tournament, and then you had to play basically the three best teams from the West, Hamilton, Frenchtown, and Dillon. So uh, how much do you think just all the competition you guys faced out East prepared you for the state tournament, but also what did you think of just taking out some of the teams from the Western part of the state?
1: Yeah, really. The only chance you get to play was play the west side of the conference or the state. Was uh, we just happened to be able to get into a tip-off tournament the start really? of the year, so we only played two games against the the west all year, and then you're back in the east. So then it's honestly really nerve-wracking coming into the state tournament because you don't know what to expect. So we prepared for Dylan the week in between divisionals and state, and uh, um, the east was. Not the best this year. We kind of ran through them all. And then uh, we knew Hamilton played every team tight. And the top four teams in the West were all pretty interchangeable. Anyone could have been in the championship game or beaten anybody. So uh, there's nothing really we could plan for because we hadn't played Hamilton before we got to play Dillon and beat Central to TIFOF tournament. So we didn't know what to expect, and that's a really nerve-wracking feeling.
0: But you guys handled it so well And uh, then it culminates in the first state championship for Lewistown since 1979. Lewistown is one of my favorite towns in Montana, man. I love that place. Such a great community. What's it been like just out and about in town? Because you guys have had a lot of success here this calendar year. So uh, what's the reception been like? What's it been like just uh, being a state champion once again there in Lewistown?
1: Yeah, we're kind of living in town. Everyone's on cloud nine. (laughs) And uh, our heads might be a little big. And we're trying to remember we can't peak in high school. But... It's a pretty good time. Everyone's excited. Everyone's like the local T-shirt shops making us state championship T-shirts, and we're having pep rallies and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there's nothing really better, but honestly, uh, we're just so grateful to have such a great community like Lewistown to do it in, and uh, that's about all.
0: Fergus County Golden Eagles 24-0 and this year behind... Almost 21 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 2.4 steals and 1.3 blocks per game. That's what made the young man joining us right now, Royce Robinson, our vertical raise and ESPN MT Class A Boys Basketball Player of the Year. Last couple things for you, Royce. Uh, just tell us about the future. I know that uh, you're committed to Carroll College. So what do you like about uh, the program with the Saints and uh, what does the future hold for you?
1: Yeah, I like it there. Carol, uh, three of the football players from our state championship team this year also committed there, so I'll be going there with a bunch of guys I know, and I really like the coach coaching staff there and have a great relationship with them like a bunch of the teammates I'm going to have, and hopefully we'll have some Frontier Conference championships in the making and just really excited to get down there and get to work.
0: Well, uh, we, I was texting with Coach Paulson the other week, so I'll, uh, I'll have to tell him that... Uh, you were on the show, but that it's very cool. And, uh, I'm happy for you that you're getting the opportunity to keep playing sports here, uh, in the future. Uh, last thing for you, then has it really sunk in uh, the run? You guys just went on. And if so, I mean, what does it mean to you to, to bring a, a state championship back to Lewistown? And, uh, what has this whole experience been like for you these last couple of weeks? Well,
1: yeah, I'm still on cloud nine here for maybe a couple more weeks and, uh, everything's slowing down now and it's really unbelievable. And, uh, I just got to thank the Lord for this opportunity. And, uh, and yeah, like you said, uh, nobody really believes it. And it hasn't ever happened in this town like this before. So beyond thankful for this opportunity. And uh, hopefully without me,
0: with me gone, our class gone, it'll happen again. So that's all. There you go. The vertical Rays and ESPN MT, Class A Boys Basketball Player of the Year, Russ Robinson, Fergus County High School. Lewistown Golden Eagles here on New is Now, Royce, appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for a great interview, and uh, best of luck with everything. We'll be in touch with you down the road, but uh, congratulations again, and uh, thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Appreciate it. It's a good one, man. Smart kid, and uh, great perspective, and uh, hell of a basketball player as well. Dougie Peoples, by the way, who's the Gatorade Player of the Year, and who was the other main contender for this award, uh, he committed to the College of Idaho today. So he's going to play for the NAIA National Champions. And uh, that's the second Montana Gatorade player of the year in like the last th- three or four years to commit to the College of Idaho. So they're doing a good job getting some of the best from Montana to go down there to Caldwell. Uh, New Orleans SPN Radio. It's opening day. We've waited long enough. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television this is up our division by division previews next and in hour number two everything that we and I guess by we I mean myself and Sean missed we'll get to fill in the blanks from uh thoughts from the guys behind the glass Andrew Houghton and Jeff Safford all sorts of major League baseball talk all of it next here on your opening day. keep it right here to no us now ESPN radio. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Well, Aaron Judge already has a home run. Carolyn, the doesn't know Sports, is projecting him to hit 71 home runs. <laughs> More on that tomorrow. Welcome back to today, Nuwana's Now. We have a great Thursday. It is opening day for Major League Baseball. We're going to talk plenty of opening day here on Major League Baseball uh, here. Uh, starting right now and into the second hour as well, we also have uh, Mr. Devlin from the Montana Fly Fishing Film Festival coming in about 5.30 as well. Aaron Judge a hit what some consider a record number of home runs last year, what others consider just a sizable amount of home runs. Uh, but regardless, it was certainly a story worth following, and he launches a home run in his first at-bat uh, of the season. It's funny because uh, Carolyn, the chicken doesn't know sports, who will make her illustrious return tomorrow uh, after being out for a couple weeks, she proclaimed just completely randomly that she thought Aaron Judge was going to hit 71 home runs, having no idea that that would actually be tied for the most home runs in the history of major league baseball, uh, steroids or not aside, <laughs> so uh, it's interesting. It's interesting that debate because I totally get why people want the asterisk or or the erase erasing of of the record that Barry Bonds uh, set because you know he he's proven to have used performance enhancing drugs. So I, I totally get the the cries of people say that he's a, a massive cheater, but also. That many home runs left the ballpark. So I just, I have a hard time reconciling myself with that, right? It's like vacated wins in college football, vacated Heisman's in college football. I mean, how silly is it that Reggie Bush got his Heisman taken away for stuff that, if it was happening today, would just be out in the open, normal news, you know, NIL deals. I mean, like Colby Dant just said from the uh, College Basketball Experience podcast. The last 30 national champions in NCAA Division I men's basketball have been paying players. It just only happened to become legal here the last couple of years. Just like USC's been buying people houses for a really long time. It just has only been legal uh, recently. The um, Major League Baseball season, though, is underway, and uh, there's been games rolling uh, all day already. There was some that even got going early on. There were like afternoon... Um, Starts on the East Coast, so there was games on even early today. Um, so let's see if we can find any finals for you. Yeah, no, nothing's quite final. Oh yes, there is. There's there's plenty of finals from here uh, from today. The Braves won seven to two. The Yankees won five to nothing behind uh, Judge's home run. The Orioles beat the Red Sox ten to nine. The Cubbies beat the Brew Crew four to nothing. The Rays beat the Tigers four to nothing, and the Twins. Best the Royals two to nothing. We'll have finals here in just uh, pretty shortly. Rangers leading the Phillies seven to eight or eleven to seven. Excuse me, I'm looking at the hits, not the runs. Eleven to seven going into the bottom of the eighth. The Mets lead the Marlins five to three going into the bottom of the ninth. And uh, the Pirates lead the Reds five to four going into the bottom of the eighth. So a bunch of stuff, um, a bunch of finals coming your way from opening day uh, in Major League Baseball. We've gone through a lot of the storylines from each division, but we'll break down the NL and the AL Central with Sean Rainey at the top of the hour here to finish up that. And then we'll also get some thoughts and musings from Andrew and Jeff, what they think some of the top storylines are in Major League Baseball as well. That's next, a opening day, hour number two, coming at you. Keep it right here. Go on us now, ESPN Radio.